Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Greg Hoffman with you on 106.7. The fan championship weekend behind us. The Super Bowl is set. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Washington football team. Uh, the era of the football team coming to an end. We will talk about. Also, uh, I think the mo- like the blending of those two things, the blending of Washington football and the Super Bowl, all these assistant coaches that, in theory, Washington had on their staff at the same time and could have had as their head... Like, as someone who was there at the time for at least the Sean McVay departure, I want to rehash that because there is a coach that is in the mix for head coaching jobs that Washington football could have hired as their head coach. But it's not Sean McVay, it's not Kyle Shanahan, it's not LaFleur, and it's not these other guys that everyone talks about. Um, So there is one, whether or not it was a loss or not, eh, we can discuss, but um, especially given that it was a couple years ago, but I I do think that it's, it's worth rehashing, so we'll get into that before the end of the hour as well, but... To me, the the most interesting thing that happened yesterday was watching the Bengals figure out a formula to beat the Chiefs. And, man, it is wild how close the Chiefs have been to going to four straight Super Bowls. Think about this. The year before they won, they were in the AFC title game against the New England Patriots. They get an interception to win the game. Brady throws a pick. Um, I can't remember who picked it off, but he throws a pick, and the Chiefs start celebrating. Literally, the game is over outside of some kneel downs, except for the little yellow hanky that was down because D Ford lined up offsides. So a half yard offsides by a defensive lineman who wasn't at all involved in the play. It's not like he then got pressure on Brady that caused the pick. No. He just lined up a half yard offsides and had a mediocre pass rush that was ineffective. On a play where Brady happened to throw an interception. Chiefs lose uh, as the Patriots go down and score. And ultimately, the Mahomes championship uh, dynasty that looked inevitable at times because they were so dominant, has to wait another year. They come back the next year. They win. Hooray. Uh, They go to the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. Then, 
The next year, they go back again. Oh, hey, look, it's Brady again. And despite Patrick Mahomes putting on a pretty superhuman performance, getting no help from his O-line, running around like a crazy person, Tyreek Hill dropped a bunch of balls, and they damn near pulled it out anyway. But the Buccaneers win. Brady gets what looks to be, based off of the retirement that is certainly at this point coming, uh, if it hasn't already happened already, uh, Brady gets his last Super Bowl with the Bucs. And then this year, they have to kick a field goal at the end of regulation to tie things up when they would have already been up by a field goal and who knows how the rest of the game plays out but you'd like you'd think that they were kind of at the breaking point at the end of the half where all Patrick Mahomes has to do is throw the ball at Tyree Kill's feet or over everybody's head out of the back of the end zone they kick a field goal on the last play of the half and they go in what was it 27-3 at the half or 24-3 at the half. And instead, Mahomes dumps it off Tyree Kill. He can't do Tyree Kill magic. And the Bengals go in halftime with a feeling like, oh, that was that was important. That was significant. As DA said, touchdown, 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 touchdown. They're at the one-yard line. And the Bengals all of a sudden come out. And it's pretty simple what they did. They just decided they were going to cover people. And that's not a sarcastic, like, oh, well, they just decided they were going to start covering people. And their execution got better. That's No, their game plan dramatically changed. They said, look, we're going to have to keep everything in front of us. We are not allowing big plays. We are not allowing chunk plays. We're going to drop back. We're going to rally. We're going to tackle. And we're going to have multiple guys available to do that. Because that's where other teams get in trouble. And sometimes it's the difference between rushing three and rushing four. And because of the Chiefs' speed, it is particularly true against them. Typically, if you've got seven defenders, your back seven, you have either four deep, three underneath. So you're playing to prevent deeper stuff with either quarters or some kind of cover two look. Or... You go three deep, three deep defenders, which there's obviously more deep space available, which is especially dangerous against the Chiefs because the weak spots in cover three are up the seams where Tyreek Hill is playing the slot and Travis Kelsey's typically on the other side running up the seam from the tight end position and then four underneath. So you have the ability to tackle and rally underneath, but then you're you're exposed over the top for some bigger chunk plays. Well, when you drop eight, you can do both. You can have four over the top, whether it's quarters or cover two. You have four underneath tacklers where if Tyreek Hill catches a crossing route, he can't just pass one guy in a three deep or a three underneath coverage, get up a seam and be gone or get to the sideline and pick up 30. There's another defender there that can come crash in from the sideline and make a tackle for a gain of six or or. Four, you're you're better flanked against the screen game, which is obviously a real strength for Kansas City. Andy Reid is the best screen designer in football and has been for a long time. And I think what's going to be fascinating moving forward is, assuming that this Chiefs team stays together, which they are built to do so, are more teams going to copy that? And what's the solution? The solution would be a power run game. 
you're going to play light in the box, then we'll pick up four yards at a time and just march the ball down the field first down after first down. And then if you finally decide to commit more resources or cheat up a little bit, that's when you start you know, unleashing Mahomes. But it was really, you know, really interesting to see. And also, if you think back to some of the playoff history with the Chiefs, including even the weekend before against Buffalo, other teams have been able to drop before, but maybe Mahomes at that point winds up running around a lot and, and picks up, makes, you know, big plays with his, his legs that he doesn't necessarily do a ton of in the regular season. But whether it's that first Super Bowl, the, the run down the sideline, whether it's it's some of the scramble plays or, you know, against the Chief, or against the Bills, he had a ton of rushing yardage. I think it was his career high in rushing. He had almost 80 or 90 yards on the ground. Like, are those those plays available? And Buffalo didn't even, or sorry, uh, Cincinnati didn't even allow that. So it was just a stellar job. And then obviously, offensively, they continued to get effective rushing with, with Mixon. And they, Burrow did his thing. Uh, great ball after great ball. Even without Uzoma, they were able to move the ball down the field. They took advantage of what was there. The Chiefs, for the second straight week, did a great job on a wide receiver one. They were able to, to sh- obviously, they gave up a ton of points to Buffalo, but they shut out Diggs. Uh, or not shut out, but they, they, they heavily contained Diggs. They did the same thing to Jamar Chase. And now you've got the Bengals, one of the worst franchises in the sport for 30 years in the Super Bowl. The NFC game is a lot simpler. The team with the better players won. And San Francisco's got some good ones. Debo Samuel's awesome. That, that, that dude's ridiculous. Such a talented player. Kittle's awesome. Use check. Best fullback in the league isn't exactly a high bar, but like that dude's fantastic. Some of the players they have on defense, including Chikoski Tart, who dropped that interception that kind of cost them the game in, in hindsight. Um, they've got really good players. Warner's fantastic. Their entire front is really good. But you know what they don't have? Aaron Donald. <laughs> you know what they don't have? Cooper Cup. You know what they don't have? Odell Beckham. And I might even throw on that list in terms of like who's the best players in that game. Like Donald's won by a mile. Like Matthew Stafford is is up there. Maybe maybe four of the best six players, four of the best five players are Rams players. And at the end of the day, Donald seals the game with a sack because they finally got in a passing situation and he could pin his ears back and go. And it's also just impossible to contain him over that large of a sample size. And Cooper Cup gets free because he's unguardable. Unless you're just going to dedicate two guys to him every time and play one-on-one against Odell Beckham, which I feel like San Francisco tried at times. They would try to shut down uh, Cup, and then they Beckham would go nuts on the outside. He has a 100-yard receiving game. It's pretty simple. Team better players won. And they got better players in the Super Bowl, too. But we'll see because the Bengals were able to defeat a team that had better players, as good as their talent is. And so, you know, it is a fun matchup of scheme versus, uh, of X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's. I, if Donald, uh, Donald uh, producing tonight. Donald, if I ever say that again, cut off my mic and send me home. X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's. We're not doing that. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Quality control. Someone's got to do it. Clearly, I don't have the, uh, 
the, the self-control to do it myself. Uh, when we get back here on 106.7 The Fan, uh, we will get into the story of the day. Did Joe Theismann accidentally spill the beans? That's next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Craig Hoffman with you on 106.7 The Fan. Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch will join us here in just a few minutes. Uh, also, at the top of the hour, Kelsey Conway writes about the Cincinnati Bengals for the Cincinnati Inquirer. So we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But, of course, the biggest news of the week here in D.C. is the team name that is finally not going to be the team, the football team, if you if you will. Um. It seems like the name got leaked over the weekend. It seems like it's going to be Commanders. It seems like Joe Theismann accidentally confirmed that today to, to DA, uh, or maybe he was just hypothesizing. But to me, amongst the names that are left, like that's the one that makes the most sense. It It's obviously a tribute to uh, the military, which is very important to this franchise. It is a tribute uh, to the D.C. area, where there, there's a heavy military influence, and you also have all of the... Um, the military headquarters of the Pentagon, like it, it just makes a lot of sense to, to go that route. But I think what, I think what is most important here is actually not the name. It's the thing that gets the most speculation. It's the thing that we have spent the most time guessing about of it's the thing that the people have the the at this juncture in time have the biggest uh or have have the strongest feelings on but that's only because it's the first step the reality is if we've known the name 
for, let's say we've known the name for a week or a month or a couple months. And Wednesday was simply the reveal of the, the rest of the brand, of the logo, of the uniforms, of the helmets, of any secondary logos or uniforms or helmets, of, you know, maybe... Maybe it's the, you know, the the nickname that we'll use. Maybe they, they, you know, Jason Wright, not so slyly or even directly, uh, says the you know we're gonna commanders. Uh, you know, we anticipate uh, making some some material that has the C's on it. That's gonna be our our nickname. So you have the Nats, the Wiz, the Caps, and the C's. I think that the stuff that's still to come after we know the name is what actually makes or breaks all that. What makes or breaks it, like, for instance, we've been through this before in this town. Uh, I was I was not here at the time, and I was, I was fairly young uh, in the late 90s, but when the bullets changed to the Wizards, part of the reason everyone hates the Wizards is because the logo's weird and the color stunk. You went from the like classic red, white, and blue, which is, is extra classic when it's in DC. You're in the nation's capital. That's the color scheme, right? Like you go from that and this iconic classic logo to a weird dancing stick figure that has no tie like, and, and blue and kind of a really, hideous looking gold like it was just so poorly done at all levels but if there had been in similar font to the bullets with a similar color scheme perhaps some of the the red white and blue stripes that you have on those old bullets uniforms to the wizards rebrand maybe people wouldn't have hated it as much which is why i think it's on for those that care about the nostalgia, keeping the burgundy and gold is is right. Now I think there's a slightly different argument to be made there about a fresh start for a franchise that's been terrible for thirty years and has a, an owner that's nausea inducing. Uh, perhaps that is that would have been a, a smart move at this point, but you know, without the new owner, whatever it is what it is. Um but The, if, if it comes out that the logo is sick and that, and, and frankly, like they don't have to do that much. Like the Washington, for, say what you want about Washington football team. I know a lot of people that really like it. Some people hate it. Some people are like, ah, eh, it's whatever. It's a fine placeholder. But what the, the, the W logo, they should keep that. You have a commander's logo or a Armada or whatever, Admirals. You'll have that logo, but like that W is sweet. Washington football team, when it first came out, you're like, wow, could not be more lame. You couldn't do better than the Washington football team. Yeah, you know, people who hate soccer coming on, uh, saying like, ah, you know, they just want to sound like a, a soccer team. By the way, if you hate soccer, uh, Jonathan Tannewell from the Philadelphia Inquirer is going to join us at 830 to talk about uh, U.S. World Cup qualifying and the NWSL uh, CBA. So that's that's coming at eight thirty, just just for you. Um, but 
you know, you had all that. And then people saw the, the logo and were like, oh, wait, I might be able to get behind this. To the point that some people are like, just keep it. So if on Wednesday they come out and they say it's commanders at this point, no one's going to be surprised. But that doesn't make Wednesday any less significant because the real stuff that matters, will people buy the uniform slash will they think that they're sweet when they're watching them? And also like, what are the alternate uniforms? All that kind of stuff. That's all still to come out. The logo, the helmets, all the, the paraphernalia and memorabilia. From posters that are going to go on kids' walls to shorts and t-shirts that people are going to wear to obviously the replica jerseys, et cetera, et cetera, that that people are going to instantly want to rock all around town, get their 17 McLarens, get their 99 Youngs, get you know their their John Allen jerseys and, and whoever else that, that is worth getting a jersey of on this team. That stuff's still to come, and that's going to make or break it. Jason Wright and... and all the marketing people have, I think, actually done in many ways a good job of trying to hype some of that stuff up, too. Like, I will give them credit on this front. While everyone is focused in those videos of going frame by frame to see if there is a reflection. Oh, uh, is that it? Oh, no, I can't tell. To see if there's a reflection in someone's glasses or off a mirror and like detective level work here that people have done to figure out the first piece in the name. A lot of the reaction shots and the kinds of things that they did in those videos were around this other stuff. What do you, Hey Ron, what do you think of that logo? Oh, I think that's sweet. Hey Terry, what do you think of the uniforms? Oh man, those are fire. So that's, that to me is the the interesting thing still to come is what does all that stuff look like? How do they do with the rollout? You know, do they have uh, all the gear and stuff ready to go for, for fans too? Like, you know, it, it would be so Washington football to sell out of jerseys on day one and have some massive supply issue. It's the kind of thing that's plagued this franchise. Even if they do something right, they can't get out of their own way. So... I, I would hope that they are ready, but also, you know, if Nike and, you know, whatever manufacturers are uh, making these jerseys, like that's again, more people that it could potentially leak from. Like if I was, if I was in that world and I had connections in the jerseys and, and kind of the, the memorabilia jersey sales, like if that was my beat, I would be working my sources like crazy at, at Nike and um, you know any of the other folks that make that stuff. I'd be trying to figure it out. Beat Schefter. By the way, um, speaking of Schefter, I think that something just happened with Tom Brady. Um, so let's see. Tom Brady on Let's Go on Mad Dog Radio. We're in such an era of information and people want to be in front of the news often. I totally understand that. I understand that's the environment we're in. I think for me, it's literally dated. It's just day to day. So Brady, as I'm reading this live here, I've seen a couple of tweets go through. Basically, he uh, is doing his radio show that he does on Sirius XM every week. And he is not saying that he is retiring. That's the... 
that's the current thing. So even though Schefter and Jeff Darlington had it over the weekend, he is uh, not interested at this time in confirming those reports and is claiming that he has not made up his mind. I think he's still, they're just working on the rollout and the timing and there will be a point where they, maybe it's at the Pro Bowl this weekend, maybe it's whatever, that they that they do this. Maybe he wants to get through the Pro Bowl so that people don't ask him about it if he's even going to the Pro Bowl. Um, I feel like that'd be weird if his last game was the Pro Bowl, but you know, who knows, maybe he wants to get out there and sling it around one more time. Uh, but that is the latest on Tom Brady. What a weird story. Like the guy can't have a couple weeks to figure it out. He's 44 years old. That is wild. 44. And he's going to decide who's going to retire or come back when he just came off of an MVP caliber season. Uh, All right. When we get back, Michael Phillips on the name stuff, on the quarterback stuff, on all of the stuff around the Washington football team. Uh, Michael joins us next. Craig Hoffman with you on 1067 The Fan. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Craig Hoffman with you tonight and joining me now on the BetQL guest line. It is my good friend Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And Michael, you, sir, not only have you written about all the things everyone else is writing about with the new name that's coming this week and all of the former Washington assistant coaches. I don't know if you've heard. uh, There was a meme on the internet that told me this. There's a couple that were... uh, in important games that are now going to the Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, and I know you're, you've got a sharp eye on that. But you've also written about uh, the, the ongoing stadium uh, pursuit, let's call it. What is the latest for Washington football as they will launch their new brand and, and then the next big project is to figure out where they're going to play once they finally get out of FedEx Field? Yeah, and those announcements won't come together. So it won't be a double announcement Wednesday, which would be fun just to give us one mega day of news. Uh, obviously, but so the Virginia legislature uh, is on the verge of passing. It appears to have broad support. They just need to usher it through the process, and the governor's on board. Um, a, a what I guess you would call it a task force, for lack of a better name, a commission. Um, so the governor is going to be able to have a group of people and give them power to make a stadium happen. Uh, and that's notable because you know then it doesn't have to go through the legislative process. It doesn't have to go through any sort of long-winded thing, get votes or anything like that. They're going to sign over to the governor that if he wants to make a stadium happen, he can essentially point at a piece of land and say, stadium here, let's go. Um, so it's just one more step to, to Virginia really hustling to try to make this thing happen for Virginia. They seem to be the state that is doing the most to land the football team right now. Is that something that is a ongoing process? Because obviously not to get too far into the politics of everything, but like when you had a democratic control of both chambers of the Virginia house and then uh, control of the governor's mansion as well. Now you have a Republican in the governor's mansion. Has the dynamic changed at all with that? Or was this a process that was ongoing that Glenn Youngkin now as governor has taken over? Yeah, I think there's pretty broad support for it. Terry McCall, if you remember, was super huge on making it happen. Uh, I, Ralph Northam, who was governor after him, I, I think was pretty indifferent to the whole thing. Um, and now Yunkin is super intent on making it happen. I think there's enough bipartisan legislative support that this isn't going to become a you know party line vote kind of thing. I, I think it'll be voted in pretty overwhelmingly by both sides of the House. That that you know, you have to be fairly moderate to serve in Virginia. There aren't a lot of extremes you know, on either side in Virginia. And we, we could certainly debate Yunkin, obviously, as, as maybe the exception to that rule. But in general, 
it's a lot of people who are looking out for how can we do big, splashy business things for Virginia, and, and this certainly fits in that category. Michael Phillips, Richmond Times Dispatch with us here on The Fan. Uh, so I was I was on vacation last week, and it seemed like everyone I ran into or talked to about various things would also just slide in. Hey, uh, so what's the nickname going to be? So I'm going to I'm going to do that to you. So so what's the nickname going to be? Do you have any inklings, any leans of, of what you ultimately think uh, the, the nickname is going to be when they announce it on the second? Wait, like how do you nickname commanders or like you just want me to say commanders? I mean, I feel like at this point, if it's not commanders, it's going to be pretty shocking. Right. Yeah. So like the comms, the commies, the, you know, <laughs> the, the, the big fees. Like, it, Commanders is too long that it'll have to get abbreviated in some form. Like, I don't know if that'll happen organically or not. Like, the Nationals are just the Naps. Right. The caps, I don't think the, the comms wind. is going to work. The press offices nope. would be thrilled, but I don't think the Washington <laughs> comms is going to work. That was a yeah. very inside-the-beltway joke in every possible way it could be. <laughs> it was. Naps, caps, whiz. You're going to need a one-syllable shortening of it at some point. I'm curious, I'm curious what that will be. I feel like the C's... Could be, yeah. could be strong. These, these work for me. Absolutely. Uh, um, you've been tweeting about this far more than I have because um, it's not my main job anymore. Um, so what has been the fan reaction to the uh, realization that Commanders is probably where we're headed? Well, I, I think that for m- the most part, the reaction Wednesday is going to be relief. This has been a two-year process. It has, been, it has lasted a very long time. It has included an interim name. Uh, a lot of different starts and stops along the way, uh, the TV show, the not the TV show. Um, I think people are just really excited for this to be over with, um, honestly. And I don't know that anybody's out there saying like, Commanders, they nailed it. They've got the best name they could have possibly had. Um, <laughs> but I also don't like, like, it's not, it's not bad. It's, it's just a word. It's a name. Like, you can do stuff with it. So, uh, yeah, I I think it'll grow on people eventually. And as we always say, and I know this is just cliche at this point, but if they win, it'll grow on people. Like if it's a good product and they win and they get a fun quarterback and he's exciting and wins games, like the name's going to stick. That's And if they keep botching and bungling things and go 4-13 and 13 next year, then the name's not going to stick because nothing's going to stick. Right, neither will the head coach, but that's a, that's a different scenario. Um Ooh. If they go four and thirteen next year, and he's only got a year left on his deal, I don't think that was even a bold proclamation. Yeah, that's, four and thirteen is, is definitely you're out of your territory. Um, there's pro, there's a lot of shades of gray in the middle there. Like, right. I think he could survive seven and ten in the right circumstances. Uh, he'd certainly survive an eight and nine, um, six and eleven. That's you know that's probably on the edge of, of, of dicey there in terms of uh, that. But yeah, they, you know, there's no reason to think that's going to happen. He's, he's been right. He's been right. No, I'm not, I'm not predicting that by the way, 11, oh, yeah. 11 losses. An old ball coach once said not too good, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's a different there's scenario. Some worse than us, though. <laughs> it just, that, that presented itself in a way that I, I could not pass up anyway. Um, <laughs> what, what, let me ask it this way then, because if we, if we feel like we know what the name is going to be right. And, and to a point, this was going to be true with no matter what they picked, if like the name was good and the logo stunk or the uniforms were lame or whatever, like 
no one was going to be excited. What what is the the part of this the, this rollout and ultimately this brand besides the product on the field that is most important to get right that that they have a chance to make a splash with even if the name is something that we all kind of feel like we figured out by now. Yeah, I mean, think about like the Rams. Like, I don't think Rams is a particularly good name, but man, those jerseys are great. Right. Like, those are just really good jerseys, and so people. People want to wear that and associate with that and watch that and all that. So, you know, to me, it's the uniforms is number one. You think about, you know, all of this is designed to attract, let's just say, younger demographics because, you know, that that's what they need and that's what they've struggled with in recent years is, is getting kids to like this team, especially in the area. I mean, just shoot, so many kids running around Lamar Jackson jerseys right now. Like, you you got to win the next generation over. And that's the way to do that. You know, Oregon was the first to do it in college with their new uniforms every week. Um, that, that's just kind of standard procedure now. If you're at a major college, you're going to have a lot of different looks, a lot of different helmets, things like that. Uh, that that's going to be important to these guys going forward is to have that variety and all those looks and everything going on. Um, so I, I think I think it's the uniforms by far. Um, and I think that's what gives me optimism is that, you know, I, I do think they've got smart people working on this, and I hope they come up with something good. Yeah, everyone says the uniforms are fire, so that would that would certainly be a boost. Speaking of the Rams, though, see what we did here. Smooth transition. Uh, Michael Phillips is with us on the BetQL guest line. Craig Hoffman with you tonight for overtime on the fan. Um, you know, the, the meme got out of control of, you know, oh, my God, uh, Shanahan, uh, McVay, LaFleur. But even with on the, within this Rams coaching staff, you have McVay, you have Kevin O'Connell, you have Raheem Morris, who was here uh, for a couple of years back, uh, if crossing over uh, into the, the the first year of the Gruden era, or the first couple of years of the Gruden era. And, and when you see the success uh, of all those guys through the lens of someone who covered them in Washington in different roles, like how do you feel about it? All jokes and bits aside, which I know for you is incredibly difficult because the bit is typically the, the featured presentation. I'm going to have you put that uh, as the potato <laughs> and, and have some kind of substance here at stake. Like when you, when you actually sit down and think about the consequences of what that, what that means, like what are those consequences? The, the bit sandwich read and it's, it's right. in the middle bits on the outside. Uh, it, 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 to me, I mean, it just it, like that group of people, the group of people that you've seen on Twitter, you know, in, in that picture every single week for the last three weeks, like they went, they, they won three football games. Um, like, <laughs> it, it, I mean, just how stunning is that? And, and like, just the, the big picture of they, I mean, they had their hands tied, but also like what a crazy place that, that that group of people could have that little success in one season together. And I would guess that, you know, they probably would not want to talk about this like in front of a microphone, but I would guess that if you're having drinks with them, they would, they would chalk that up as a formative experience to the NFL and what the NFL is and how you have to engage in the politics to win in the NFL and you can get jobs in the NFL and things like that. I think certainly LaFleur learned a lot of that this season with Rodgers and, and uh, making sure he handled those dynamics and keeping everybody uh, you know, on the same page and, uh, you know, moving forward as a team, even as the controversy swirled. Um, I think McVay is the one we all knew was a genius. Like, and that's not to discount the others because we knew they were very good at what they did. But I think everybody just knew, like, McVay was special, special. That, that was just really awesome. Right, and it wasn't just the the X's and O's stuff because I mean, like Jay was phenomenal with 
with yes. schematics, but I think the way McVeigh was with people is the thing that that separated him. That you're like, wow, this dude just seems to connect with everybody, and he's a sponge uh, in terms of learning people, and, and that allows him to then be most effective as a coach. Oh, he, he's so good at it. it, it it's impressive, and, and like I could see the stress on him yesterday in terms of like he knew the importance of being in the Super Bowl when it was in L.A., and, and that's why they've made all the moves they made, I think he'll be a totally different coach in the Super Bowl game itself. Because I think now that he's there, he's got nothing to lose. I know that sounds crazy because he's playing the Bengals and they're supposed to win. But I, I think there was so much pressure on him to make the L.A. Super Bowl, to have the Rams be at home in the L.A. Super Bowl. I could feel that yesterday. And he made just some some really uncharacteristic mistakes, and both challenges come to mind immediately on that. I think he was just really feeling that pressure and heat of knowing that this owner had hired him to deliver this moment for the city, for him, for the building, for the facility, all that. I think now that he's there, he's good. I think they're going to roll. That's interesting. Uh, last thing on the way out, uh, we, we can go back to a bit of a bit here. It's it's a serious bit because it's it's the piece that everyone wants. We're, we're, I'm going to ask you a quarterback question, but I'm, I'm doing it in bit form. Over, under, you get to play the book. Set me a date for when Washington football knows their next quarterback. I, You know, I, I keep saying I, I think they want what I'm terming the big four, which would be Rodgers, Wilson, uh, Watson, and Carr. I, you know, we, we can debate the particulars of whether Carr belongs with them or you know, whether, whether Garoppolo belongs to them, he doesn't, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it, you, how, how big, how big that group is. Um, but I, I think they want one of those guys and I think they're going to chase them aggressively. So if they land one of them, I think they'll know sooner rather than later. I think everybody wants that clarity as early on in the process as possible. And the guys at the top move first and set the tone for everybody else. If they don't, I think you're going to learn on draft night. Um, cause I, I don't know. I, I, I think you can't, sell a new team name, a new identity around a Trubisky or a Mariota or somebody like that. Like they're, they're perfectly fine quarterbacks, but I, I think you're striving for a little something more here. And if you can't go big, I think you got to go young and, and try to, you know, reset this thing around a rookie. I gave you the chance to be the book and you punted. So now I'm the book. The first day of free agency over or under. The first day of free agency is March something, right? Right. So basically, like, are are you betting on under? They're doing it before that free agency hits, or um, over? An, over? Later. We're talking free agency oh, or draft? Later. Give me give me an an over on that. Okay. Uh, I believe. Okay. Everybody go bet recklessly. Uh, Michael Phillips, everybody, from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Uh, make sure that you are reading his work there, following him on Twitter, and listening to him when he pops up here on your radios. Michael, thank you, sir. Ah, good time, Craig. Thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Craig Hoffman with you. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Coming up at the bottom, or sorry, at the top of the hour, it's Kelsey Conway of the Cincinnati Inquirer. She covers the football team that's going to the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, how they did it, what it's been like to cover Joe Burrow, what makes Zach Taylor special. That's all with Kelsey coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll follow that up with a little talk about what the potential options are for the Washington football team here at quarterback before talking to Jonathan Tannenwald sneaking in a little soccer at the bottom of the next hour. And I do want to, I, I have been long standing. Maybe I should, maybe I should have done this earlier in the show. I, it, it's a football week, so I, I don't feel bad, like not getting to this, but like I finally changed my mind on something that for years I have pushed back on. And that is, I think it's time for the wizards to trade Bradley Beal. I just think the time is right. I think the ground ball has been run out. The umpire has signaled, you're out. And uh, thus it is, I think I think this is the time to do it. We'll dive into that before we head out at the end of the show. But picking up uh, one of the, the places that we, we dropped some crumbs to, uh, with Michael to, to go back and find ourselves, it became an exhausting joke over the last couple of weeks with, again, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and Kyle Shanahan all in the playoffs. That Oh, did you know they were all on the same coaching staff in 2013? And some lazy aggregator from Sports Illustrated wrote it up, and they got the coach wrong uh, because they said it was under Jay Gruden, which obviously it wasn't because Kyle Shanahan was not here under Jay Gruden. He, along with his, fa- his father, got sent packing in a pretty... Uh, emphatic way and for his dad's case at least he had he kind of earned that uh mike mike was uh not pleasant apparently by the end of his tenure here but uh he had dealt with a lot of stuff and you know there's a lot of blame to go around and to parse that out etc etc other than to say when you pile on the washington football team for quote-unquote passing on kyle shanahan as a head coach you're missing the point Kyle Shanahan was never going to be the head coach here because Kyle Shanahan would love to see uh, Washington football's uh, facility burned to the ground. 
so long that no one was in it. Kyle's not like an, an arsonist murderer. But like if Dan Snyder had to start over from scratch or was kicked out of the league, Kyle Shanahan would be laughing, sipping champagne. Like there is no love lost there. He does not like this organization, specifically this ownership, for very good reason. Uh, they did not get along. They don't need to pretend like they did. There was the one great year, but man, that that ended not just the 2012 season with obviously what happened to Robert and his knee, but like the relationship between the Shanahan's and the people at top Washington football, Bruce Allen at the time, and ultimately Dan Snyder, it's not good. So Kyle Shanahan, cross off the list. Washington didn't miss on Kyle Shanahan. There was never a chance to get Kyle Shanahan. Matt LaFleur was by no means remotely ready to be a head coach when he left D.C., and he's close with Kyle, and I don't particularly think that that uh, relationship was is one that, like, Matt doesn't harbor the ill will, as far as I know, that Kyle does for the organization. But Washington may may have, if Matt LaFleur was available in 2019 when they, they fired Jay, have looked at LaFleur, but he's in Green Bay by then. I think, unless I have my time. Now I'm like second guessing myself. Matt LaFleur. When did he get hired by Green Bay? Uh, but I mean, we do know, obviously, that uh, I guess head coach since 2019. So it was that cycle. But, you know, they 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 knew that they wanted uh, a defensive coach. They knew they wanted a veteran. And they, they knew where they basically, I mean, Dan knew immediately he wanted Rivera. And so can you say, like, yeah, they missed on LaFleur. But, like, LaFleur had been multiple places by then. The, the larger point still stands, even if technically when they were looking for a head coach that they, they could have, you know, interviewed before he probably wasn't going to come here and he was a very different person and a very different coach and grown a lot since he had left and a lot and unlike now where it seems obvious because he's taken Aaron Rodgers to a whole new level of these past couple of years and and the Packers have been incredibly successful as a team under his his tenure um nobody knew that was going to happen like LaFleur was kind of the guy that everyone looked at I was like I don't know like I get it with Sean I get it with Kyle. I'll know about Matt as as LaFleur left Tennessee being the offensive coordinator, but it's worked out in Green Bay. So cross X him out of the picture is like, ah, how did they not know? Nobody knew. Packers got kind of lucky. Um, but also Matt's incredibly talented. So congrats to him. It's, it's not to demean it, uh demean him in any way, but like there was questions about LaFleur. On then you, of course, you have Sean, and the common, like l- frankly, lazy, uninformed—we'll call it maybe not lazy—uninformed take is that they, if they had just fired Jay in 2016, they could have turned around and hired Sean immediately. They knew they had him in the building; they they liked him. He liked it here, but he was ready to to get a head coaching job, and you know it was the Rams jumped and, and hired him. And why didn't they just fire Jay and, and try to hire Sean? Well, Sean had a good relationship with Bruce Allen, and that relationship goes back a long way to when Sean was just getting started under John Gruden in Tampa. The McVeigh and Gruden families have known each other for three generations. They are very close, have been very close, and there is no chance you could fire Sean McVeigh, one of his best friends, 
to the the coach, by the way, who elevated him to offensive coordinator in his late 20s, even when everyone thought he was nuts for doing it in Jay Gruden to hire Sean McVay. Sean would have been like, absolutely not. We're not playing this. I'm not, I'm not going to take Jay's job because you fired him to hire me. I'm not doing that. So the, the t- unfortunately for Washington, now if it had happened that you know Washington was really struggling and it was a, kind of a no-brainer to, to fire Jay and Sean just happened to be laying in wait, then I think Sean would have been like, hey, that's the business. But to deliberately, when you otherwise wouldn't have fired him, which in 2016, Washington, rightfully so, was still trying to make up its mind about Jay Gruden. Jay had just gone to the playoffs and then the next year had gone seven and nine and missed out on the last day of the regular season and things looked to be going in a decent direction or they had the potential to go in a decent direction that you just just couldn't fire him there. Now, with all of that said, there is another coach in this, like you could say Raheem Morris, by the way, who was here from 2012 to 2014. I don't think his relationship with Washington was particularly great. But there, like, there are other coaches that have gone through here that have ultimately are now a part of the process. If you want to make the argument that they missed on one, and we don't know what this guy's going to be as a head coach, and we don't know technically if he's going to be head coach, but he's he's yeah, interviews lined up, and if he doesn't get one this cycle, it seems very likely next year that Kevin O'Connell is going to be the head coach or a head coach somewhere. Minnesota's a high possibility uh, in this in this cycle. Uh, the Jaguars, I believe, uh, might have reached out to try to get an interview with him. Uh, I think that was the story. They they tried to get an interview with him and then couldn't because they didn't try to get him in the first round. They wanted to add him to the list, and that's not how that works, uh, especially while he's active uh, in, in getting ready to coach in the Super Bowl. So with O'Connell, in 2019, they fire Jay. They could, and many people, including me, said they should, instead of elevating Bill Callahan to interim, give an O'Connell a tryout. Let him coach the rest of the year as the head coach and see how it goes. And if you want to hire him, like, sure, you probably would have made some mistakes. Kevin's young in for an NFL head coach. Um, but he's smart. He's put together. And I think he'll ultimately probably be a, a pretty solid NFL head coach. So if you want to make these claims about letting guys go. O'Connell's the one that actually fits the timeline. Even if he hasn't gotten a head coach job yet, and we don't know how ultimately good he's going to be. These other guys, it's it's lazy. And I, look, I'm not one to defend the Washington organization just because, but I do like defending the truth when it's a, when we know it's available. And uh, the, the I, I just I just hope that this week, there's not another round of like, how could Washington have let Sean McVay go? And how could they have not known about Zach Taylor, who was the next Sean McVay right under McVay's nose? Because folks didn't know. And if the Bengals were a better organization before he got there, who knows if Zach Taylor even gets a job. But congrats to him. He's done a great job with it. Congrats to Sean, second Super Bowl in five years and a really important one for that franchise as they're going to host it in their home stadium. Speaking of the Bengals side of things, though, let's talk to Kelsey Conway next. She's the Bengals beat reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer. She's a DMV native who was covering the Falcons for a number of years, picked a good year to switch beats and went up to Cincinnati. We'll talk to Kelsey next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 